It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 8th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about some video that was circulating around the internet, causing Magic Twitter to go a little bit nuts. Uh, we will talk about it. We will acknowledge its existence on today's episode. And I'll talk a little bit about Wessa Wandu and where he fits into the Magic's uh, plans this offseason and why he's just as much of a wild card as everyone else as the Magic begin, uh, as the Magic start turning toward the 2020 season uh, and we begin pondering how this roster is actually going to fit together. But before we get to any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here on Locked On Magic from local experts, kind of like me, who know their team best. That's what the Locked On Podcast Network gives you. You can also... If you want to learn more about Team USA and all the Boston Celtics they have on there, check out Locked On Celtics. Check out Locked On NBA 2 for more on the national perspective, as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball for a look at the fantasy perspective as fantasy seasons have begun. You can find all these great podcasts, plus NFL with preseason starting on Thursday, college and, and MLB 2. You can find all these podcasts wherever you download podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, wherever you download podcasts. Uh, and, and search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So there's no getting around it. it, it it's, it's easy clicks. It's easy talking point, but it is important. Um, I, I don't think it's not important to say this. But, yes, there was video of Markel Fultz working out. Yes, and very, very brief video. Yes, there was video of Markel Fultz shooting jumpers. 
And yes, that video got taken down very, very quickly. Uh, it, it appears that, that, that it appears that that whoever put out the video was probably not supposed to. But nevertheless, the, vid- the internet never forgets. And if you so want to, and and it's on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well, you can see video of some of the workouts Markel Fultz has been doing uh, at the Mamba Basketball Factory in Los Angeles, as well as at his own basketball camp that he's holding this week at Dematha High School in Washington D.C. I'm not going to sit here and say whether that vid- whether you know whether it's good that that video came out or not, but it did send Magic Twitter and, and Magic fans into a kind of rush of excitement. It, it, it is without doubt something that we've talked about here on this podcast that Markel Fultz is sort of the great mystery of this team, not just of this team, but of what the Orlando Magic ultimately want to be. It's A, an easy talking point. I, I think people do like to talk about Markel Fultz, um, uh, and, and I think people are interested because his story is sort of a fascinating one, just from, from where he started off and, and how talented he is to kind of where he's, he's fallen to. And so, yes, any and the Magic haven't sort of helped this by staying very, very quiet on the Fultz front. There's no fancy, tailor-made you know, social media video showing off Fultz's workouts like you've seen with maybe some other players. Jonathan Isaac's been featured in a few of them uh, at the Amway Center. There's been none of that. There's really only been sort of these vague statements from Jeff Weltman and John Hammond that Fultz is working hard, they like his progress, but there's no timetable for his return. So yes, Magic fans have been left kind of grasping at straws, unsure what they have. Now, I would argue that anything you get from Markel Fultz is sort of a bonus. That that you know you shouldn't rely on him perhaps to be a full time starter for sure, to be a sec, to be a backup player. Honestly, with only thirty three games under his belt, I consider this whatever whatever you know Markel Fultz's time frame is to come back. I'm considering that first full season to be his rookie year. I expect him to play like a rookie. Maybe an advanced rookie like Jonathan Isaac was at points last year, but a rookie nonetheless. Someone who is just so thin on experience that there's going to be a lot of mistakes and growing pains in the process as well as plenty of promise. But the fact of the matter is, we just did not know, and, and honestly I would still say we don't know, how far along Fultz is in the process of coming back from thoracic outlet syndrome. What the videos that did come out did show, what they, what they showed was that, yes, Fultz is working hard. Yes, that Fultz is doing basketball activities and going through those repetitions like he is getting ready for the season. And yes, his jumper does look okay. It doesn't look broken. It doesn't look labored. It doesn't look forced. It looks good, at least in the small st- snippets that we saw. Those videos got Magic fans excited, and, and rightfully so, because finally there was this piece of evidence that Marco Fultz is working toward a comeback and is maybe a lot closer than some people thought. I was always a Fultz optimist. I think I've, I've said this on this podcast, so I will say it again. The issue with Markel Fultz is not that he can't play. My sense, and, and maybe I'm wrong, 
And then there's a lot of speculation. It's easy to dip into speculation when it comes to folks because there's so little information. My sense was always that if Marco Fultz needed to play for his team tomorrow, outside of getting his win back and conditioning and, and, and like kind of on-court rust, Marco Fultz could play tomorrow. His injury was not preventing him from playing. His last game in Philadelphia was November, 9, November 19th. To that point, even though it was clear there was something wrong with him and, and his shoulder was probably bothering him even then, he was still producing, playing at a decently high level. I would argue take away his shooting numbers, which are important, and, and I don't ignore them. But take away those numbers, and he was okay. It wasn't bad. Do you want him starting every game? No. But he wasn't, he wasn't a useless player. He, he could do, still do things on the court. The issue was it was being done with pain. The issue was that he wasn't comfortable. And there's no reason for that to be the case. He should be comfortable. And that's really what the Magic's, you know, not having a timeline is all about. They don't want to set a date, a hard, fast date, that he has to be back whether he's ready or not. They want him to be ready. They want him to be back for good. And they, you know, want him to be part of the rotation without any limitations. And I've, as I think I've said here, I think that's the right approach. Especially because, you know, as much as I do think it is a physical thing, and I do think there's a physical problem with him, whenever there is a physical problem with a player, I do think that there is a mental side to it too. And Volts does have to regain confidence in his body once again. Isaac went through the same process, in my opinion. So, when I watch these videos... I was, like everyone else, encouraged and excited because he looked like the Markel Fultz that got drafted. More importantly, it was a clear sign that, yes, he is back doing basketball activity. He's back feeling comfortable enough to shoot at what looked like, you know, pretty decent speed at a kind of game, at a gameplay speed. Now, I would note when I watched those videos, I did not think he was at game speed. Maybe I'm wrong. But I watched those videos. I saw a guy who's doing, just doing his work. That doesn't mean he's ready to take contact. That doesn't mean anything else. And so, while there is now this little morsel of information, and that's what we'll call it, a morsel of information, now that there is this little bit for us to ponder and look at, we're still left a bit in the dark. There will still be no timeline for his return, nor should there be. There's still no indication just how close he is to actually playing. And that's the way things will stay. This is only a sign that he has made some progress, that he is back on the court and willing to work, and the Magic are working with him. But that's it. Nothing more to read into, nothing else. No sign that he will be back for camp, that he will be ready for camp. No sign, you know, he was out in Los Angeles earlier in the year, so that, that was a good sign. And, you know, obviously he's in, in his hometown of Washington, D.C. right now for his first camp. There are good signs, positive signs. And, and now we can kind of all believe those positive signs a little bit. But it doesn't change much of the Markel Fultz equation. 
doesn't change the Magic's approach. It, do, it, it won't change much at all. And that's okay. It, it deserves repeating. That's okay. Now, other comments, and, and we should consider these, other comments from Aaron Gordon over the last few days also seem to suggest that you know there is an eagerness to see him on the floor among Magic players, among people who might know a little bit more how close Fultz is than these videos would suggest or anything else. They want to get to know him better because he's around the team, but you know not on the court with them. And they understand what an impact he can make on this group and for this team. But again, the Magic are not going to rush this process. The Magic are not going to throw him to the fire. The Magic are not going to put him out there until they are confident he is ready to take on the full load. And that's where they stand at the moment. And that's not going to change anytime soon. If you haven't seen the video, you can find it. They're on the Magic subreddit. I posted one of them on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Just don't rush to conclusions when you see it. Don't get overly excited. It is good. It is positive. There is there's something to be excited about. But ultimately, it doesn't change anything. Not yet, at least. At least, not yet, as far as we know. And we'll see if he's ready to go at camp. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'll talk about the FIBA World Cup coming up on Friday, on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. We'll talk a little bit about the, the blue-white scrimmage game. I'll have some thoughts on Evan Fournier and Team France. Uh, Fournier had a really nice game against Tunisia. Not the greatest opponent. Sorry, France. Um, but... Uh, a good game there. Ken Birch also playing for Team Canada. Had a really nice game. I have not yet seen a box score uh, with Al Farouk Aminu's stats, but uh, Canada will play Nigeria again on Friday. So a busy day in international basketball on Friday as we get set for the FIBA World Cup. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. But to, for the rest of this show, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the rotation and, and about the young guys. Um, there is confidence about this Magic team again. I think that's fair to say. Um, I think a lot of people believe that they're young enough and skilled enough that they can at least copy last year's success and last year's breakthrough performance. And of course, that's good. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in that boat too. But there are also plenty of questions. And then there's questions that we've touched on, I think, on this show and gotten to on, on several occasions as well. There are plenty of questions, and, and all of them have to do with the young players. Whether it's, you know, what Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac become, whether it's what Mobamba is in, 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 in his second year, whether it's whether Markel Fultz can provide anything of value. And, and like I said, we've, we've talked about that 
That's probably the biggest question and the biggest differentiation between the Magic being a really good team and then just being an okay team. You know, they can probably survive without Fultz. It's, 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 it's bonus if Fultz is a really good player. But I think they've shown that, you know, they can win with the group that they have. But there is another wild card that I don't think everyone's talking about, and it's sort of been dismissed. Yes, it, it appears Steve Clifford, uh, by all accounts, wants to maintain a nine-man rotation. By all accounts, it seems Clifford, you know, likes to keep a rotation tight to give players the, the minutes to get into rhythm. And that frankly means with the kind of depth the Magic have, someone's going to get left out. And at this moment, it feels like that's Wesselwundu. Which, honestly, when you look at what he did last year, feels kind of crazy. As much as any player on this roster, as much as any player, any young player in this group, what the Magic are going to get from Wesselwundu this coming season is a bit of a mystery. Last year, he averaged five points per game. Not a whole lot. His three-point percentage jumped from 196 to 36.7%, but he added a lot of intangible value to the team. He was a good defender. He was a guy Steve Clifford trusted. It wasn't Terrence Ross who was the first man off the bench, although we could still call him the sixth man. It was always Wesawundu. When there was an injury to a perimeter player, it was Wesawundu who started. He stepped into the starting lineup. And frankly, I don't think that's going to change. Even if finding him minutes looks a lot tougher. But you look at Wesawundu and how he played his sophomore year compared to his rookie year, and you see a player who got better in every respect, a player who got more comfortable as the season went on, a player who understood his role and played it exceptionally well. The kind of guy a coach falls in love with, a coach absolutely adores. And Wesawundu, being only 24 years old, has proven time and time again from his time at Kansas State to even now that he gets better over time. He not only improves as the season goes on, but he adds something to his game every offseason. He was not a good shooter when he arrived in Manhattan as a freshman. But he figured it out and became a solid three-point shooter at the college level at least by his junior year. When he came to the NBA, it was clear, shoot, and shooting is clearly not his forte. But he's gotten better at it. To the point that last year, you almost wanted him to shoot a little bit more. That he was sometimes a little too cautious over what three-pointers he took. And, and some of it was, frankly, I don't want him shooting the three unless he feels comfortable taking it. And so sometimes he passed up three-pointers that he should have taken. And so that's part of the next phase of his game. Now, one dude doesn't have the extreme length that other players on the Magic have, and that's perhaps why he's in the position that he's in off the bench. But 
at such a young age, at someone who has contributed and has gotten better, we're not really talking about how much better he can be and what he can give this team. No one's going to sit here and suggest that he will be a full-time starter, but he's very clearly a valuable guy to bring off the bench. A guy who plays a very smart game, defends at a high level, and yeah, will hit the open three when you give it to him. The issue is he's going to have to fight once again for his spot in the rotation. T.G. Augustin is backed up by Markel Fultz or Michael Carter-Williams. Evan Fournier is backed up by Terrence Ross. Jonathan Isaac is backed up by, uh, at this point, I guess, Wessel Wundu or Al Farouk Aminu. Aaron Gordon's backed up by Al Farouk Aminu. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is backed up by Mohamed Bamba or Ken Birch. You look at that rotation. If there is a nine, if, if the plan for Clifford is to play a nine-man rotation, a Wundu seems like the guy that gets squeezed out. Again, Iwundu was fantastic last year. I, I have to say that. I really loved watching Wes Iwundu play. Guy, again, fans loved him too. He does not deserve to get squeezed out of the rotation unless he gets outplayed for it. And it's hard to find a way that that would happen. So maybe Iwundu's minutes are matchup dependent, but even that seems like a step down for a player who supposedly should get better. If Iwundu adds a little bit more of that consistent offensive game, he becomes a really valuable bench player. And so that's part of the mystery of this, of whether Iwundu can get to that level and force the Magic to play him, especially considering this year is a contract year for him. The Magic clearly like him, and they have every reason to. He's clearly a guy who can contribute and fits really well into this team. And should the Magic face any injuries this year, yeah, a one is going to be super valuable. But the fact of the matter is, A, we don't know where a one fits into the rotation, clearly. And B, we don't know how much better Iwundu can get or will get this offseason. A more consistent three-point shot makes him so much more valuable because of his defense, because of just his basketball IQ. If he's back at around 36.7% and not taking as many threes, then he probably will be the odd man out. It will be interesting to see how the Magic use him and just how much better he comes to camp. Because he could be a really valuable piece to this team moving forward. We just don't know how valuable that piece is quite yet. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Don't forget, we are looking for your submissions for the most underappreciated players in Magic history. Submit your nominations to me on Twitter at omagicdaily. I'm still collecting votes. We're going to make a list. We're going to do some fan voting. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to we're going to just, we're going to name the most underappreciated player in Magic history. I'm excited to hear why you, which players you think do not get the love they deserve in Magic history. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is also open, so feel free to drop us a line at omagicdaily at gmail.com or again on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit about the Magic and the FIBA World Cup as World Cup preparations continue. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 